0: Welcome to Right Spokane Perspective with your hosts, Mike Fagan and Tim Benn, where opinion, fact, informative, and your alert system. Now let's get ready to rumble. Good day once again, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for rejoining Mike and Tim on Fully Automatic Media Coverage this Monday episode here on Right Spokane now, Perspective. Now, I now. hope everybody out there had a wonderful and blessed Christmas.
1: Yeah, ho- hopefully everyone did have a great Christmas and, you know, hopefully everyone got what they wanted for Christmas and, you know, if. They wanted the right thing. That would have been ammo. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm not quite sure, uh, you know, that's a fully automatic media coverage this Monday. I'm not sure how many articles Mike has stacked in his magazine over there. <laughs> <laughs> but I know that we might have to limit it. Uh, yes, absolutely. You know, just because, just you know, state laws are getting thrown at us faster than we can, uh, you know, fill the magazines.
0: Yeah, you bet. You know, and I understand it, you know, uh, during this midterm. The state of Oregon ended up passing a very egregious weapons-type ordinance there in the state that has drove record sales,
1: and drove records well, of my rifles and pistols
0: that in that state. It's just amazing that how that works.
1: There's some, the California laws that are have been in the court system being right? challenged. It looks like they're going to be going down. It looks like the Oregon law has gone down based upon you know U.S. constitutional challenges on those laws on whether they can limit their citizenry based upon you know their rights to keep and bear arms. So we'll see where a lot of this is going. I know that Washington's really going to be pushing hard on gun legislation this year from what I'm hearing from legislators. So uh you know we'll just see. I mean they're, obviously they're not afraid of using our tax dollars in our uh, state attorneys offices on the West Coast to uh, continually try to go after constitutionally protected rights for American citizens. So we'll see how uh, those magazines stack up.
0: Yep. Absolutely, man. Look, Papa, those trees are waving at God. As we watched young birches bending in the wind before an oncoming storm, my grandson's excited observations made me smile. It also made me ask myself, do I have that kind of an imaginative faith reflecting on the story of Moses and the burning bush? The poet Elizabeth Barrett Browning wrote that the earth's crammed with heaven and every common bush afire with God, but only he who sees takes off his shoes. God's handiwork is evident all around us in the wonders of what he has made. And one day when the earth is made new, we'll see it like never before. God tells us about this day when he proclaims through the prophet Isaiah, you will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and hills were burst into song before you and all the trees of the field will clap their hands singing mountains clapping trees why not Paul noted that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into freedom and glory of the children of God Jesus once spoke of stones crying out and his words echo Isaiah's prophecy about what lies ahead for those who come to him for salvation When we look to him with faith that imagines what only God can do, we'll see his wonders continue forever. You know the drill, folks. Father God, you are a loving and sovereign God. We praise you that no one is more creative than you are. We look forward to seeing all of the wonder that you are and all that you can do. In your son's Jesus name we pray, amen. All right. First story, since Tim was talking about weapons and magazines and the like. How about this for a headline? Senate's top gun control advocate squashes Biden's hope for more gun control and an assault weapons ban. Now, Senator Chris Murphy, Democrat out of Connecticut, a top gun control advocate, dismissed on Sunday the possibility that lawmakers will pass new gun control legislation before the Republicans take control of the House in January. After two mass shootings a few weeks ago, President Joe Biden demanded that Congress pass stricter gun control laws before the new Congress convenes in January. The idea, I think,
1: Congress should pass gun control laws. By the way, just just you know, folks, I think Congress should pass gun control laws like the president cannot leave $86 billion worth of armament in foreign adversary countries.
0: countries. <laughs> yes, absolutely.
1: I, I, I'd be okay with that kind of gun control law, that you don't give the Taliban $85 billion in military hardware. That's, that's, that's a good one.
0: Yeah, you bet. Anyway, the story continues, and boy, I tell you, this next paragraph here, this guy is just whining like a liberal. The idea that we still allow semi-automatic weapons to be purchased is sick. It's just sick. It has no no social redeeming value, zero, none, not a single solitary rationale for it, except profit from the gun manufacturers, Biden said on Friday. He also confirmed... Well, he confirmed, just
1: demonized every single uh, tool that law enforcement uses to... Absolutely, uh, man. Yeah, protect the communities in the country. Yeah. That's that, right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He also confirmed, every, or I every,
0: should say he also lied that he is going to try to get rid of assault weapons during the lame duck session in Congress.
1: Okay, so what is it? Is it semi-automatic weapons or assault weapons? Because if they're saying all semi-automatic weapons or assault weapons, they're basically every weapon since, like, the musket is semi-automatic. Yeah, you bet. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you've you got the lever actions, you got the bolt action, but it, it's insane that semi-automatic weapons, and, and it's funny that they say that, too, because... They're semi-automatic Nerf guns. I think that that might scare them. They might might have to get rid of those. Could too. very well. You, you got these little air pellets, too, now uh-huh. that, you know, semi-automatic. <laughs> they're scary, scary.
0: They are scary. And they hurt. They sting. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Give me
1: a break. They're, the squirrels all across this country are tortured by little kids with little semi-automatic Absolutely, little plastic man. pellet guns
0: next headline hailing out of South Africa folks Biden roasted for sending South Africa eight billion dollars to shut down coal plants this is weapons grade lunacy well now, I'm
1: wondering how how that's shaken up with Warren Buffett and, and you know the people that are shipping coal you know from coal country from you know Democrat voting districts
0: no kidding man anyway sure here's a little taste of well. that story President Biden proclaimed Wednesday that the United States and other G7 countries will donate billions to get South Africa off of coal and onto renewables. Today's announcement joined a portfolio partnership for global infrastructure investment projects already underway in Africa. That must be the arm of the globalist cabal. Uh-huh. Well, of Just got a real nice official partnership style acronym and, and title to it.
1: Oh, they've got uh, there's a bunch of those. Yeah.
0: yeah, you bet. Now, Biden declared at the U.S.-Africa Leaders Summit including mobilization of $8 billion in public and private financing to help South Africa replace coal-fired power plants with renewable energy sources. Biden also said that he would be helping to develop cutting-edge energy solutions like clean hydrogen, a deal worth $2 billion to build solar energy projects in Angola, $600 million in high-speed communication cables that will connect Southeast Asia to Europe via Egypt and the Horn of Africa, and bring high-speed internet connectivity to countries along the way. Yeah, this guy has just given up everything.
1: Well, that's great. I'm glad that America's in, you know, talks to make sure that some other country halfway across the world has got high speed internet. Now, yeah, you hooray, bet. Hooray for America! We we've conquered poverty. We've stopped crime in the United States. We've you know sealed our border. We've done all the things we need to do in America so that we can focus on high speed internet in some foreign land.
0: Yeah, that's, yep, that's you awesome. Bet. All right, your next headline. We did kind of touch on this for just a couple of seconds sometime last week, folks. But Biden is pumping $36 billion, that's with a B, into the Teamsters pension, and that's just the start. The wide range of spending options for President Biden that has embedded... That was embedded in the American Rescue Plan now covers union pension plans, and it could be a foreshadowing of future events. On Monday's edition of the Newell Norman Show, the CEO of Gulf Coast Bank and Trust, Guy Williams, gave his take on the president's plan to pump $36 billion into the struggling Teamsters Central States Pension Fund. According to the Biden administration, that infusion of 36 billion is the largest amount of federal aid ever given to a pension plan.
1: But did they take it out of Social Security administration? No one, yeah, yeah, I hope not. Didn't, didn't they already spend all the money from the, the, the pension plan for every America that they called Social Security? Haven't they bankrupt that almost?
0: They're saying that unless something is done in Congress, it changes the legislation, the deductions, the payments out. We are going to be insolvent by 2035, so, is what the pundits are saying at this point.
1: So basically what they're doing is the government is now subsidizing private retirement plans while it's taking record amounts from the public retirement plan called Social Security, and they're bankrupting that system and and propping up others. Yeah, that sounds... Yeah, why? Smart. Yep, you why, bet. Yeah, why, why not?
0: Anyway, Biden expects to take this money from the $1.9 trillion relief package that the Democrat led Congress had approved last year to respond to the COVID 19 pandemic. There are roughly 350,000 Teamster workers and retirees spread throughout the country. It's good policy if your policy is to support your friends. And I think. It's something that both parties, but it's sort of one of the most glaring examples that I could provide. The American Rescue Plan was passed with very few restrictions, so the president can use his discretion to decide what he wants to do.
1: Okay, absolutely so, amazing. So some of that now seemed, we're paying
0: for Teamsters retirement, and incoherent. that is going to buy the Democrats a lot of votes.
1: Obviously, but why was the Teamsters retirement and pension program? Uh, underwater.
0: Yeah, that's a good question. The article does not does indicate that, does, at all.
1: Does that have, I mean, did they, what did they put a bunch in FTX or
0: something? You know, <laughs> what, what <are> they, <laughs> no kidding, uh, man.
1: Where, where did they put their money that wasn't smart? I mean, I, yeah, I, I'm trying to figure out, obviously, you know, I'm looking at, a lot of people are looking at their 401ks, their retirements, if they have any at all, whatever you had is greatly diminished because of inflation. Right. Obviously it's, it's, value in dollars is less, even if it's the same of a dollar amount because of inflation. So that's true. You know, it, I don't know. I don't really want any more bailouts. Well, you know,
0: let's take a look at municipal governments. I'm tired, municipal of, looking, governments, I'm tired
1: man. of looking at bailouts, Mike. I mean, the, all oh, I know. bailouts. Like, every time you turn
0: around, they're bailing out.
1: Bailing out something somewhere and somebody said that just can't be the modus of operandi for our government. You know, the way we operate, if, if it's just constant bailouts all the time, Eventually, somebody's got to bail out the United States, and I, I don't see that.
0: No, that ain't happening, happening, dude. That is not happening. So what we about are so far in debt? It's just it's ludicrous at well, this point.
1: So what about the the local municipal governments? Okay, like local
0: municipalities. I mean, they have the AFL CIO, the Teamsters. You know, comprised. There's a the, whole bunch of different. Oh yeah, unions, there sure yeah. is. Well, the and, local you know, two seventy. Yeah, and you know it. This doesn't include just a specific Teamsters retirement pension plan but it also involves a lot of the other teamsters again bear in mind we're talking in excess of 350,000 teamster workers right. that are out there strewn across the United States you know and and i would imagine that not the vast majority but a good percentage of them are probably in municipal government
1: well there's quite a few i mean i, I know teamsters there's a lot of truck drivers are yeah. teamsters there's obviously the railroad unions teamsters was one of them that was in in the talks there so yeah. Yeah, it's just get well, yeah, government's just got all the money in the world to just bail them out, bail them out. Oh, the banks they need bailed out again cuz the housing. Yeah, but crashed. let's
0: not forget where does that government get its money?
1: Uh, thin air.
0: <laughs>
1: yes, unicorns. <laughs> the, the unicorns bring it.
0: Yeah, unicorn flatulence. <laughs> yeah. No, that's the energy supply. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's but the uni- yeah, just unicorn the pellets.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's
1: like pixie dust in fairy tales.
0: Oh, my goodness. It's just getting outrageous, isn't it?
1: It is. But we're out of time, too.
0: Yes, we are. And as a matter of fact, we're going to be back in about a minute or so. To our Spokane area veterans and their families, if you haven't checked out the Hilliard Veterans of Foreign Wars post-1474, located at Diamond and Regal Street in Spokane, you gotta be there or be square. The Hilliard VFW is there to assist you and yours with all your VA questions. Give them a call at 487-3784. Weekly bingo, cards, bowling, dart tournaments, and meal specials are just a few more things that the Hilliard VFW offers. Stop on by, give them a call, 487-3784. A lot of your beef comes from Brazil, Africa, and China. Bet you didn't know that. The Spokane County Cattlemen know that, and they are the ones advocating for country of origin labeling on the meat that we buy and feed to our families. Find them on Facebook right now. That burger you just got at your favorite drive-thru has over a thousand different DNAs in it. Well, you may want to consider buying from local producers, and in other words, folks, buy locally. The Spokane County Cattlemen are on Facebook and are there to advocate for you, educate and inform you on what's happening in the global and local meat industry. With today's Corona-controlled society, the shopping restrictions and possible rationing, making sure that your family doesn't experience food insecurities should be our top priority. You can do your part. Be secure. Buy from local growers and producers. The Spokane County cattlemen know this and are here to help you. Find them on Facebook right now. And welcome back from the break, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for joining Mike and Tim on Fully Automatic Media Coverage this Monday episode here on Right Spokane. All right.
1: What else you got in that? Semi automatic magazine. I got a little,
0: little ha ha here for you. You know, Elon Musk, he's no longer the richest man in the world. A couple of days ago, he got knocked down to the second richest man in the world. I understand that he's also unloading some pretty massive shares of his Tesla stock. The third highest owner of Tesla stock right now is approaching the board at Tesla, asking the board to remove Elon Musk as the CEO.
1: Yeah. And I don't don't like his Twitter files. Yeah,
0: you bet. And I'm telling you what, man, there is more that is going to be rolling out from the Twitter files here shortly. Elon Musk has promised the American public and the world that there is going to be some extremely high impactful type information that Twitter is getting prepared right now to release. And everybody's sitting on the edge of their seat, salivating, wondering what it's going to be next. Right. And, you know, uh, here recently, Musk ended up getting into a little bit of a hoo-ha, if you will, with some media folks, and he went ahead and tweeted out that he claims that his pronouns, okay, his again, pronouns. Is social justice stuff. He,
1: he, he self-identifies as a as a Twitter owner, and he's got the pronoun of what?
0: prosecute fauci
1: prosecute
0: fauci (laughs) he's not a a him he's not a his he's not a her he's not a z he's not a zay he's not a they he's not a them he's a prosecute fauci
1: i didn't know that that was a pronoun but whatever i guess hey you can identify to be whatever you
0: want right yeah yeah, i guess
1: i mean i I, i'm still saying i i you know self-identified as a conspiracy theorist but you can't anymore because my pronoun is i told you so
0: yeah exactly (laughs) here's a little taste of that story Twitter CEO Elon Musk managed to simultaneously enrage two ostensibly enmeshed groups Sunday with a single tweet poking fun at conformity to LGBT activist pronoun conventions and calling for the outgoing director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease to be prosecuted. Although the tech magnate routinely agitates leftists online. Musk was evidently signaling something more significant with this particular tweet that the forthcoming Twitter files may provide some damning insights into an internationally recognized lockdown and vaccine advocate whose agency funded dangerous gain of function work in Wuhan.
1: Well, and see, he wasn't even supposed to talk about this because the narrative switched five times in this news cycles and Fauci's gone now. And so he's not even supposed to be bringing Bringing this up. I mean, that's why he's getting such ire over this is because, you know, he's supposed to be focused on the guy that had to step down because he was stealing women's luggage.
0: <laughs> you know? No kidding, huh? Yeah. No kidding. I
1: mean, that was supposed to go nuclear.
0: Anyway, Musk tweeted out, My pronouns are prosecute Fauci. And he did that last Sunday. The tweet received over a million likes and was retweeted over 167,000 times. Musk's humorous call for the criminal prosecution of Fauci took place the morning after Stanford professor and Great Barrington Declaration proponent Dr. J. Bhattacharya visited Twitter's headquarters. The second edition of Twitter files released last week revealed how the previous Twitter regime had placed Bhattacharya on a trends blacklist, preventing his cautions about the harms posed to children by lockdowns from circulating online so wow. you know this doctor ended up getting shadow banned right. again uh, he he became very very famous for his stance with the great barrington well, declaration the, man. and
1: they said that they didn't shadow ban i mean they testified before congress yeah they don't right do that. We, don't shadow ban. we don't do this we don't do that but i mean obviously we know that mark zuckerberg of facebook was visited by the fbi because that joe rogan interview that he did yeah. that his facebook interests will say was uh, visited by the fbi to, to limit information so yeah i mean they're they're all propaganda sites if they're limiting information and acting like they're a public platform.
0: <laughs> Big time, man. So, It'll be interesting to see what and how the Republicans are going to be approaching the FCC changes that need to be made for these high-tech companies, you know, come January, February well, next well,
1: year. Well, in a lot of cases, you probably won't know because any news reporting that, you know, happens in regards to that will probably be shadow banned.
0: Yeah. Yeah, right? cuz George Soros is definitely connected to at least 253 news media organizations.
1: You'll 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 be like looking up congressional investigations big tech right up pops january 6th you're like still what
0: (laughs) all right a couple of headlines here you know i I love disney guys you know i love disney that's why i like reporting all of this stuff about disney because if you go woke you go broke and i mean disney seems to be a perfect illustration of of what's happening here
1: well they, they they used to have a lot of good content
0: yeah they did they did First headline, Disney closes an iconic 33-year-old theme park ride that it now calls racist. And to basically cut to the chase, we're talking about the Splash Mountain Ride. And the Splash Mountain Ride is being called racist and contains all these racial stereotypes because of a 1946 Disney film entitled Song of the South. And apparently, the idea and concept for Splash Mountain uh, roller coaster ride came from that 1946 Disney film known as Song of the South. So, there you go, Disney. Next headline on Disney Disney investor sues the company, alleging its criticism of Florida's parental rights and education bill created a swift and severe financial risk. So, you've got the investors of Disney Corporation right now that are stomping their feet, going, Look, I'm crying foul you guys are costing me money on the stock market you better pull your head out and get your act together man. wow
1: they're worried that disney plus will become disney minus
0: (laughs) (laughs) no doubt about it man it's just absolutely mind numbing for sure all right want to talk a little bit about our meat ladies and gentlemen you know over the last week or so tim and i did bring up the issue of country of origin labeling we have been talking the last four or five years with regard to yeah, the differences country of origin labeling, but yeah. even
1: state of origin labeling what about yeah. the family farm that the meat came from maybe uh, right. you know you could get down to I mean, how about tell us that it's actually
0: meat yeah, exactly, man. We don't want any of that petri dish grown stuff. We don't want any of that soy burgers, three D uh, you know steaks. that we just brought to you yeah. just in the last week or so. Well, here's your headline, the, folks. The, the
1: burgers and, that were grown in uh warehouses?
0: Yeah, yeah, you bet. As a matter of fact, I just caught some headlines a couple of days ago, Tim, where there is somewhere in the Central States a groundbreaking that has occurred for the world's largest Petri dish producing meat factory.
1: That's awesome. Okay, that's awesome. So you got gain of function. I don't know what it would it be.
0: Gain of function
1: ribs. (laughs) You, You could have. You you could have Wuhan. Steaks.
0: What would that or, uh, origin label look like? Would it look like dish number 27, lot number 1024? <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: Yeah, country of, country of origin. Oh, that'd uh, be crazy. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, you might have to just, you know, it, but there'll be a patent number. Yeah. I mean, you, can, you, you know, there'll be like beef product number, you know, and like 10 or 12 different numbers, you know, that looks like patents, right? Yep. The ones you don't want to eat are the ones that say patent pending. Yeah, you bet.
0: Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, this next story here definitely screams at how important, how impactful our local meat producers are. Because I'm telling you what, our local meat producers, our mom and pop guys, they are being put through the ringer in a big, big way. You know, the people that are making the money on the meat ain't the grocery store. It's the actual processing and meat packers for sure. Here's your headline. Extremely serious. Ranchers say meat packer monopoly threatens their way of life and U.S. food security. And I'm telling you, you might not be concerned about threatening their way of life, but you better Be concerned big time with the threat to the U.S. food security for sure. Yeah, especially when you're talking about
1: proteins. We're we're all going to be, like, digging roots out of the ground that might might have protein in it or something. We're all going to be, uh, you know, having this testosterone-killing soy. The men of the future... Won't have facial hair.
0: That's right. And I'm telling you what, folks, the opening sentence in this article says it all, and I wholeheartedly agree. And it goes like this. Control of the food supply is a critical national security issue, period. Period. It is. Okay. Now, in South Dakota, where farming and cattle are key to the backbone of the state's economy, this issue is taking center stage, especially with cattle ranchers. There are about five heads of cattle for every person in South Dakota, for instance, which is a lot of beef. Okay, get that five head of cattle to every single citizen.
1: Wow, that's I, well, amazing. I, I, huh? I can believe that in, st- you know, some of those states, yeah. Wyoming, now, North, South Dakota. The, yeah. yeah,
0: but cattle ranchers say the problem isn't getting the meat to your plate. It's that the meat packers are taking most of the profit. Now, there's four beef packers that control 85% of all of the slaughter in the United States. A fourth says Les Shaw, a fourth-generation cattle rancher in White Owl, South Dakota. These four beef packers are recording profits of anywhere between 1200 and as high as $2,000 a head of cattle during the pandemic, whereas ranchers is at a break-even and sometimes even a loss. Now, Shaw says raising beef cattle is a great way of life, but lately it's not a great way to make a living. We don't do this to get rich. We do this because we love it, Shaw says. We're proud of what my great-grandfather, my grandfather, and my dad handed down to us, and there's nothing that would make me happier than to be able to pass this on to my kids, my two daughters, he said. Now Shaw says the main problem is that four major meatpackers, two in the U.S. and two in Brazil, have created a monopoly that controls the prices cattle ranchers get paid for their beef. The Brazilians have a hold in this market. Our country let foreign investment into this country, Shaw said. The four major meatpackers are Tyson Foods, Cargill, and two Brazilian-owned corporations, National Beef Packing and JBS. In 1977, the Big Four, as they are commonly called, owned just 25 percent of the market. Today, that's exploded to 85 percent of all meat packing in America. Kind of sounds like a mafia kind of situation, uh, doesn't well, it? Well, controlling, uh, you know, the dry I, docks and the dry docks kinda, and stuff.
1: Well, it, maybe an antitrust type situation, more like a instead of just the mafia, how about a monopoly, uh, yeah. monopolistic, um, what kind of regulations are at the federal level that are keeping competition out? And are they going to do something to bake up, uh, break up the big four? Because when you're looking regionally at these competitors, right, you got four yeah. major competitors for 85% of the market. Are they spread out enough around the country and around where our meat producers, uh, you know, the growers have their livestock or have they just kind of settled on different regions? And do you got more or less monopolies if they've got that big of a chunk of the market where it's actually the job's. it's the the job of government to go in and break up these entities that are basically creating victims out of industry where you've got small mom and pop businesses that are generational raising cattle on land that in a lot of cases is probably homesteaded land that if those cattle producing families go under, Mm -hmm. there isn't new homesteaded land that people are utilizing for cattle, people that grazing, you know, things like that. Once you lose some of those rights, there isn't new, you know, rights in play. And yeah, that's totally a problem of our food security in this country, and it's up to Congress to do that. Are they going to? I don't know. I'm not seeing Congress debating useful things oftentimes.
0: Right. Anyway, here's a little uh, interesting note. Cattle ranchers used to receive $0.62 for every consumer dollar spent on beef. Today, that's dropped to less than 37 cents on the dollar, while the big four have tripled and quadrupled their profits in the past two years alone.
1: Sounds like some massive inflationary problems for the cattle producers. And we keep seeing that price of protein going up. And, you know, obviously we need something to protect those local producers. And I surely hope that our lawmakers start paying attention
0: unless they don't like eating steak. I'm telling you what, man, again, control of the food supply is a critical national security issue, period, folks. Let that sink in. <laughs> yeah, All of that being of said, yeah, we are out of time. All of that being said, Mike and Tim are out of here today. We'll be back at you and in your face again tomorrow.
1: Bye-bye.